welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we've got Holly, again, this will be your second episode. Um, Holly is a service user at Light and yeah, we've chatted about a lot of things <laughs> for a while now and something that we said we'd really like to record a podcast episode on was around fertility and your sort of non-conventional fertility journey um just because it's not something that's often talked about at all really yeah um so yeah what t- tell us start from the start start from the start yeah so i am married to a woman mm-hmm. um so obviously that means we couldn't go down the traditional make a baby route. Yes. Yeah. All the fun was taken out of that straight away. <laughs> um, so in 2019, so September 2019, we went up to the GP and said we want to have a baby. Mm. And the doctor was like, oh, I'm not too sure of the process. I don't know what I need to do for a same-sex mm. couple. So he rang the Jessup's wing and said, you know, I've got um, a lesbian couple who want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? So he referred us kind of onto the assisted conception unit at Jessup's. Um, in the meantime, they gave our GP a bunch of tests that they needed to test. I can't remember what mm-hmm. they were, but they were two mm-hmm. blood tests, one at the start of your cycle right. and one at the end of your cycle. Yeah. I presume to check... Mm. egg quality I think yeah. it was if you've still got any eggs so we did that um, and then we heard nothing for a few months because obviously there's a waiting list yeah. um, especially with the NHS mm. you've mm. just kind of got to sit and wait it out so I think we got a phone call in the January of 2020 <clears throat> and they said yep come and meet a consultant they'll go through Mm. the whole process what's available to you more testing if more testing needs to yeah. be done yeah um so we went to that appointment in the january um and she said right you need to go for a uh i think it's called a hcg scan yeah. which checks that your fallopian tubes are working mm. um so they put dye into your uterus and literally just watch the dye yeah. come out of your fallopian tubes and right. if it comes out then your fallopian yeah. tubes are working fine there's no blockages or anything um and it's really cool to watch because the yeah. dye literally explodes yeah so that's really cool um so went for that test all fine the one thing that she said i had to do was lose some weight mm. um i think i had to lose 10 kilograms to was there a specific BMI? Yeah, there's a specific BMI range yeah. that you have to be within. Yeah. And I was I was literally just over. So yeah. I said, right, I can I, we can mm. do this. Mm, mm. I'm not I'm not one yeah. for losing weight, but <laughs> yeah. this is an important In this cause. circumstance, right, yeah. Um so I was like, yep, yeah, that's fine, I can do that. Um and then she ref- then obviously referred us on to well for a same sex, for anyone undergoing mm. fertility treatment, mm-hmm. my understanding is that you have to have counselling. Right. So you have two counselling sessions. Yeah. 
um, in which you kind of go through mm-hmm. everything, the consequences and whatever. Mm. However, this was then in March 2020 mm. when mm. all the fertility clinics shut down. Yeah. So during COVID, we were literally at the stage of like, we need to have this counselling and then mm. we're good to go. Yeah. Um, so obviously fertility clinics all shut down. Mm. There was nothing. Mm. Anyway, in the September of 2020, things started opening back up yeah. again. Yeah. And the clinics started reopening and mm. doing things. So we got a phone call from Jessup's. I can't remember say, saying what, um, but we were on holiday and they were like, oh, we know that you're waiting for counselling. However, at the minute, we're not able to offer that via um, screens or mm. over the phone. Right. And to me, I was like, what? That's insane. Why yeah. can't we do this over yeah. the phone or yeah. Yeah. at least via Zoom? Yeah. Like, And they were saying that they didn't have the capacity to do that at that moment. I was like... But we're using Zoom and phone yeah. calls for everything at the yeah. minute. Like, yeah. how, do you, how are you not able to do that? Yeah. Anyway, we sent in a formal letter of complaint about that. Yeah. Because I was like, this is holding now yeah. holding people up, surely. Yeah. We're not the only ones in this position. Mm. Mm. Anyway, we got a phone call a couple of weeks later saying, we can do your counselling yeah. over the phone. <laughs> um, so we did the yeah. counselling, which was the strangest was experience. Yeah. Did you end up doing that face-to-face or did you do it on the phone? It was on the phone. Right, yeah. There was a lot of eye-rolling involved. Was there? <laughs> I, I'm pretty certain if it was face-to-face, it would have been a lot more serious and right. a lot more... We'd have probably taken it in a lot more. Do you feel like you got anything out of that absolutely not session no absolutely not it was just like a thing you had to do to move on to the next stage yeah so I think being a same-sex couple you're fully aware Mm. of the consequences and the things that you're possibly going to struggle with Mm -hmm. because this is the only way you can get pregnant yeah I think if you're in a heterosexual relationship yeah. and you're using donor sperm, mm. I imagine that's probably something that you that is mm. quite hard to get your head around yeah. as a couple. Yeah. Especially for a bloke, I yeah. imagine that's quite a yeah. hard thing and would probably need mm. talking out and mm. explaining. And maybe that idea, you know, of this is how it will probably be in the future and you sort of have that in your head and then fertility issues come up and then you go, oh, okay this isn't how it's going to be. I've sort of got to wrap my head around this new way. Whereas for you, exactly. it wasn't a surprise exactly. that you might need assistance with conception. Exactly. So it felt very much like the system wasn't quite set yeah. up yeah. yet yeah. for same-sex couples yeah. to mm-hmm. have a baby under NHS funding. Yeah. Because that's another thing that I forgot to mention mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. the NHS funding for same-sex couples within the Sheffield, within the South Yorkshire and Humber region, yeah. CCG had only just come into right. play. Yeah. So <clears throat> everything hasn't been set up or mm. hadn't been set yeah. up yeah. for same sex couples to receive NHS funding. Yeah. yeah. Which I presume is why this. They were just using a model that they use elsewhere. Exactly. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they were giving us websites and like book recommendations. And yeah. I was like, hun, yeah. how do you think we, we think we're having a baby? Yeah. So, 
which is why there was a lot of eye rolling yeah, involved. Yeah. And like, oh, I can imagine, yeah. Oh my God, what's this woman on about? Yeah. Of course, of course our child is going to know that they don't have a dad. <laughs> like, are you insane? Yeah. Like, of course at some point, yeah. we're going to have to have a conversation with our baby mm. that, it, look, hun, you don't yeah. have a biological father. Like, yeah. of course yeah. that's something we've thought about. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that was a whole thing. Yeah. And then in the so that happened in I think October, mm. and then she was like, right, you've got the go ahead, pick a don, yeah. pick, a, pick a sperm donor. Yeah. Which that's a whole. How was that? What's the process? So fun. Is it? We had a great time doing Did it. You? Yeah. <laughs> so it, I don't know how it works at other yeah. clinics, but at the Jessup's assisted mm. conception unit, they have a lady who is in charge of the sperm. I would love that job. Sperm lady. It's like, what do you fancy, eh? (laughs) What do you fancy? So you send off, like, the characteristics of what you want. So, for instance, we wanted brown hair, brown eyes, white, because we're both white. Um, And I think that was pretty much it. Or we kind of... Oh, and we didn't want anything medically in Mm. the history, which, to be a sperm donor in the UK, you go through a whole load of... Right checks to make sure yeah how like how specific can you get real specific really yeah if you want if you want to be really specific so like you can say you they want you want them to be university educated wow yeah there's a whole load of things that you can request wow um so we sent we we literally didn't care yeah so we sent in our preferences and she sent through i think she sent five back Right. So we looked through those five um, and we narrowed it down to two. Mm-hmm. And we, set, we sent an email back, I think, and just said, we like these two, but have you got anyone else? And she was like, I've got some more. Yeah, I'll send you those yeah. two. Anyway, she sent through another five and we read one of the profiles and we were like, he's the one. Yeah. That's the guy that we want. Yeah, yeah. Um, he He's, so they give, or some of them leave personal statements. Right. Um, and in the guy that we chose, he said that he had been a donor baby himself. Oh, okay. So he was kind of wanting yeah. to pay back yeah. because he knows how much it meant to yeah. his mum and dad to yeah. have conceived that way. Yeah. Um, and then he left like a little message at the end saying that he'd like to meet Arthur in the future um, if he wanted to um, or if he didn't equally that's fine too yeah and we just thought that was a really nice thing to say Mm. so as soon as we read that we were like you knew that that was yeah Yeah. Um, so that was the donor part it was fun yeah some I think you can see baby pictures of them yeah they go really specific wild for me to wrap my head around this yeah yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I'm sure it is for most people, but I, I guess I am one of those people who has had it in my head, this is how I will make babies. Yeah, yeah. And it did happen that way. I didn't have any assistance with conception. So for me, it's wild. It's literally internet dating, but for, for babies. babies. That's yeah. the best way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's so exciting though as well. Like, I'm sure there's so many struggles and so much that you have to really unpack about yourselves and about your relationship and what you want and 
I imagine it was a very difficult, draining period of your lives trying to sort of wrap your head around all of this. But it's also really exciting. We were, honestly, the most excited. Like, yeah. we were sending... So before we figured out what mm. um, how Jessup's did it, yeah. there's a London Central Sperm Bank. Mm. And if you go on their website, anyone out there yeah. listening to this... <laughs> Go on the London Central Sperm Bank and just read some of the profiles. They're brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It's a fun hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we'd send, like, profiles to friends in, like, group chats and be like, look at this guy! <laughs> it is literally online <coughs> dating. <laughs> literally online dating for sperm. Yeah. Making babies. Wow. Okay, so you picked... So we picked you the found sperm. found your guy, yeah. We picked the sperm donor. And then in December, got a phone call like, right, we're ready to go. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to go. I've just got a new job. I can't yeah. possibly yeah. do this right now. Yeah. So they were like, that's fine. If it's not the time for you, ring us when you're ready. Right. Like, you are now top of the list okay. to come in. Okay. Just give so us a call. So you wouldn't have to go back through the whole process again or anything like that? No. So they were like, yeah, that's fine. We understand. Like, mm. that's fine. Yep. Also, at that point, I hadn't lost the weight. <laughs> It had been locked up. Yeah, you we needed were, a little bit more. We were all eating all of the yeah, food. Yeah, of course. The yeah. only joy we had was food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my God, we actually yeah. need to do this now. Yeah. Like, this is happening. It's real. Yeah. yeah. So I was so miserable for like three months. So mm. I got, I start my new job and then in the March... So we were literally crash dieting. I mean, mm. I was eating porridge, mm. a banana, something with spinach. Yeah, yeah. So dull. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, so lost the weight, got down to the perfect kind mm. of BMI scale. I think mm. it you had to be between... So equally, you can't be underweight. Yes. Um, so I think, I think the scale was 22 and 30. Yeah. And I got down to like twenty nine. Yeah. So yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Um, I mean BMI is a ridiculous oh, yeah, it's scale. Like bullshit. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. I, like it's based on white. Oh, it's males. Absolutely ridiculous. But, it's crackers. Yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, the, the it was just system, something that you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. system hasn't figured its way out yet. No. So hopefully they do. Hopefully one day they realise that it's. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But until that point, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether you're straight, gay, whatever, mm. you've got to meet the criteria that they set. So, yeah, fine. yeah. Yeah. So then in the March, well, no, I think we rang in February and said, right, we're ready to go. Mm. Like, what do we need to do? Mm. They're like, right, on your next period cycle, so mm. on day one of your period, give us a phone call and come in mm-hmm. to the clinic. We'll make an appointment and we'll sort your drugs out. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, it's happening. It's real. Yeah. So we went into it very much thinking, right, we'll take this first go. So Mm -hmm. it it was NHS funded. So we were going to be offered six rounds of IUI and then two rounds of IVF. Right. So because we were in Barnsley, Barnsley Mm -hmm. postcodes get more rounds of IVF. Yeah. Compared to so, yeah, I know it's all very specific on the area that you are actually in. Yeah. To is. what you do and don't get. Yeah. It is. And it makes me really angry mm. that that's the case. Mm. Um, because we've got friends who are in Sheffield yeah. 
who are only entitled to one round of IVF and yeah. we literally live 10 minutes away from yeah. each other yeah. and that is ridiculous. It is, yeah. How is that still a thing? I know, I know. Um, there is currently a campaign going out that it should be yeah. an across-the-board situation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Everyone should be entitled to yeah. the same amount. Yeah, regardless, no yeah. 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 Um, so that is happening, but at the yeah. minute it's still a postcode yeah. battery of how mm. much you're going to get funded so anyway we were going to get six rounds of IUI two rounds of IVF so in the March we were thinking right this first round will take us a practice go yeah you know we'll see what happens mm. we'll get our heads around yeah. the injections the process, yeah the drugs the scans mm. going mm. to and from hospital and see you mm. know figure out what actually happens mm. so we were I think we went in, I think it was the end of March, mm. um, got given all the drugs, you signed, literally signed your life away. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you signed so many documents yeah. to be like, you know what you're doing, you yeah. know what your body's going to go through, you're using donor mm -hmm. sperm, yeah. like you're both going to be the parents mm. equally. Yeah. And there's so much that you have to sign and yeah. make sure is okay. Because the hormones can do wild things. Mm, mm. Um, so we got shown how to do all the injections, which yeah. go into your stomach, like just below your belly button. Mm. And she said to alternate which side you do yeah. so that you don't get sore. Yeah. So you do the right side, the left side. I think mm. we were doing it in the middle at some point yeah. as well. Like <laughs> yeah, just everywhere. Jabbing yeah. their injections in. Yeah. <clears throat> so then we... In between all that, so we were doing the drugs for a week, um, and the drugs are there to grow your follicles. Mm -hmm. So ideally, when you do an IUI cycle, they want two follicles, right? No more than two, because right. that leads to, or can lead to multiple babies, yeah. and they don't want multiple babies because it can be really dangerous. Right. Obviously, like yeah. if you have a mm. twin pregnancy or triple pregnancy, yeah, like, yeah, it can be dangerous for you yeah. and the babies. Yeah. So they try and limit the risk of that. Yeah. And um, so we, I think we went for a scan on day three of taking the drugs and they were like, yep, you've got two follicles we can see. One of them's bigger than the other, which great. Mm -hmm. um, you're not ready yet. Go home, yeah. take some more drugs. <clears throat> we went back again on day five, I think it is. Mm. And they were like, you're still not ready. Yeah. We'll up the dosage of the drugs, of the, it's called gonolef, it's like a little right. pen that you right. stab into your belly. Yeah. Still not ready. We'll up the dosage a bit because I don't think you're responding as we yeah. want you to. So we up the dose. Went back on day seven. Um, they looked again and they were like, hmm, still not sure. Mm. And I think at that point they did a blood test because they can tell when you're going to ovulate mm. by a specific... Yeah. A hormone level, hormone in, yeah. level in your body. Anyway, so we went away, and I think it was at three o'clock. They rang like panic, like you need to take the trigger shot now. <laughs> like you're good to go. Like oh, wow. we're gonna do it tomorrow. And we were like, oh my god, we've not been shown how to do this injection. Yeah. They were like, watch a YouTube video. So <laughs> we're on the phone with yeah. with the doctor while we're watching a YouTube video of how to make up this injection because it's not like a yeah. 
preloaded thing right. to go you've got to physically got to do it yourself make yeah. the solution yeah. and then yeah it was wild Emma yeah. was like I feel like a chemist right now <laughs> so we're making this thing on the phone to a consultant she was like have you got it ready yeah I was we were like yes oh that's so scary like I hope I've done it right I think we've done it right she yeah. was like you've tapped out all the air in the in in the syringe we were like yes she was like right grab the biggest bit of fat on your belly because like the needle was quite big What's and it? she said you've got to get it all in the pressure oh my god so we're on the phone to this woman and she's like the stress was real like yeah. we were just going about our daily life yeah. i think we were just about to cook tea and she was like yeah. go 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 oh, go god. Oh, so god. that was fun and yeah. so we did the shot and we were like oh my god we're going to make a baby tomorrow yeah um so however in the whole practice run thing we're like at least we know that yeah we know how to do this for next time like yeah we know that we've we've done it this time we've got a good trial run a good trial run yeah we'll get this over with and it's probably not gonna work Mm. the chances of an IUI cycle working is 15 percent oh really yeah it's not very high at all yeah um so we went into the next morning and um, at this point, Emma wasn't allowed to come in because COVID. Mm-hmm. So I had to go in to the kind of donor insemination part on my yeah, own. Yeah. Um, there was a nurse who was like next to me. And then there was the lady down at the business end. Mm. And then there was the embryologist. Right. So the embryologist is the one that like checks the sperm mm. and makes sure all that's mm. all okay. Mm. Um, and she came in and said a number of how many sperms, mm. how many sperms are in yeah. the sample? And it was a lot. I remember thinking, oh my God, that's a lot. Like, I think it was about 20 million, 30 million, something wow. crazy. Um, and they put it in a little catheter um, <clears throat> and then she handed it to the doctor down at the business end and they literally insert it into your uterus literally shoot it in done that's it so then we'd been reading about what to do Mm. afterwards Mm. like what are the things to do after you've had an insemination yeah and our understanding was um you got up straight away like because it's in your uterus it's, it's there yeah it's not going anywhere yeah. whereas i know a lot of people like to lay down for 15 minutes and we were like nah <laughs> i'm not doing that i'm no. not laying down for 15 yeah. minutes yeah and you have to have a full bladder as well so i was right. like i need a way yeah desperate yeah. <laughs> for the toilet yeah um so i was like am i okay to go for a, yeah for a way and she was like yes it's a different body part that you're using <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's not just all going to come out yeah. if you go for it. <laughs> oh, <wee>. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. go for a wee. So we went for a, went for a wee, um, got dressed, and then we went for a walk around the Botanical Gardens for mm. an hour, mm. and then went and got McDonald's because mm. we'd heard, like, salt. Helps. <laughs> salt, like, in the fertility world, like, right. they say, like, salt is, like, a good thing. I right. don't know. I don't okay. know if that's true or not I mean right yeah yeah but we went and got McDonald's had some chips went home and just carried on for the rest of the day yeah 
And then, so they say, hilariously, mm. you're not supposed to test for two weeks. <laughs> you're supposed to go in for your blood test. Yeah, and that'll completely say unaware, when, yeah. Say whether you're pregnant or not. Um, which, I mean, I, I don't know who does that. No. Like, who no. would have That the... two-week wait period, in any which way, if you are actively, like, choosing to try and make a baby... Yeah. That two-week wait is so hard. Yeah. You just can't concentrate on anything yeah. in your life. No. It's no. really hard. Literally, that's all I was thinking about. Like, uh, every little, like, yeah. symptom. Yes. Like, oh, my yeah. boobs are a bit sore. And isn't it just awful, like, the symptoms of pregnancy are the same as the symptoms of your period? <laughs> so it's just, it literally tortures you. You can, you could, I could have driven myself mad. Yeah, yeah. So I think... We got to day seven, I think, after being inseminated. And mm-hmm. I was like, do you think we should test him? My wife was like, absolutely not. Mm. Like, she's the level-headed Yes, one. I can completely imagine this conversation between you both and who was who. <laughs> she was like, absolutely not. I was like, don't you want to know, though? And she was like, well, obviously, yes, but no. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's far too early. And I was like, okay. So it got to day 10, and I was on Amazon, mm. ordering pregnancy tests. Mm. Yeah. I was like, I need them now. Yeah. I need them. Yes. Like, I think I ordered 50. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. 50 pregnancy tests yeah. turned up at the door. Because this day. was your trial run. So this like, was my trial run. <laughs> you're just investing. I'm investing for the future. Yeah. <laughs> so my 50 tests turned up mm. the next morning. I was mm. like, yeah. It's day 11. I'm I'm either going to be pregnant now or not. Yeah. That's either going to be yes or no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Emma was like, you're not going to do it, are you? I was like, I am. I am. I'm going to wee in a cup and I'm going to test yeah. because I need to know. She yeah. was like, right, okay. <laughs> so weed in a cup, dipped the little stick in, pulled it out, put it on the counter. We, f- we forgot about it for like, well. I pretended to forget about it for five minutes. And I came back, I was like, mm, can you see a line on that? <laughs> and everyone was like, no. I was like, I'm pretty certain I can see a line. Yeah. She was like, no, you can't. I was like, yeah, I can. There's mm. a definite line there. <laughs> she was like, no, you can't. I was like, there is, it's there, look. Anyway, so I, at this point, I was like, I'm pregnant. Yeah. I'm pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, you're not, we're not pregnant, stop it. <laughs> like, just wait until the 14 days. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so the next day, yeah. I weed on a stick. So this was day yes. 13 then, I yeah. think. And the line was darker. Yeah. And it was definitely a line there. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the line. But she's still not convinced. I can see the line. So the thing is, when you are going through fertility treatment mm. and you've been pumped full of drugs, mm. sometimes people get, which is why they say to wait for day 14. Yes. Because all the drugs will be out of your system right. at that point. And it will be pregnant. Yeah. Like, you will be pregnant. Yeah. So it can just be it, the drugs yeah. coming out of your system. So it's not a guarantee, yeah. 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 So I was still like, no, stop it. <laughs> I was like, that line is darker. So what happens if it is the drugs, mm. the line gets fainter. Right, yeah. So the fact that it's got darker, it's like, come on now. Come on now. Yeah. This is pregnant. Yeah. Anyway, day 14. Yeah. Blood test day. Yeah. 
I, we, I pulled out a first response <laughs> text that one of the ones that says pregnant, not pregnant. Yeah, like there's no, is there a line? Yeah. There was no, is this a line? Yeah. It was pregnant. I was like, we're pregnant! Yeah, yeah. Oh. And Emma was like, hun, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just wait until you get the blood test. We're literally going for it this morning. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so went for the blood test. And it Jessup's the ACU. You call at two o'clock in right. the afternoon to get yes. your results. Yep. So we were both at work and everyone was like, right, I'll come to you. We'll do it on mm. our dinner break. Mm. So we were sat in the co-op mm. in the car. Mm. We rang the ACU and she was just like, congratulations, you're pregnant. Oh. And we were both just like, ah! <laughs> And I was like, I told you! I told you we were pregnant! You were really grateful. Gracious about it. <laughs> oh. Um, it was literally the best phone call I think I've yeah. ever had in my life. Yeah. And that moment in that car must have just been... I've just got goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. Like, just... You can't describe that You feeling, can't can describe you? that feeling, yeah. no. And then, so, then obviously... So, when you're going through fertility treatment mm. as well, you get a bonus extra scan at six weeks. Right. Because they obviously want to make sure yep. that the baby is in there, yeah. in the right place. Yeah. So, even though you've been told you're pregnant, yeah. you're still in this weird state of... Mm. Yeah. Like, I think most pregnancies, you don't know if it's okay, yeah. but I think particularly for fertility treatment, you don't yeah. know if... And it's it's as early as you possibly could be finding out, whereas yeah. potentially others might not find exactly. out for another two weeks or a week or whatever down the line. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And she was saying that, you know, at this point, you mm. could... Lots mm. of people would just have a period yeah. and they could have been pregnant. Yeah, but they wouldn't have even known. They wouldn't yeah. have even known. So then at six weeks, you get given... Uh, you scan and it's literally the best mm. the best scan Aww. in the yeah. world yeah because there isn't a there's you literally yeah. don't see anything yeah but you can see the heartbeat yeah and the little flutter of that yeah. heartbeat is yeah. just becomes real doesn't it yeah yeah that memory is just gonna be there forever and for and the 15 percent success rate it's just incredible yeah amazing absolutely incredible amazing yeah. and just how we can do these things yeah. now. Like how science has just got to a place where we can do this. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And just the whole, and so yeah, six weeks, we were then discharged from the ACU, which mm -hmm. was like an exciting day. Mm. We literally skipped out of dress-ups being yeah. like, see ya. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're then classed as a normal patient. Mm. Mm. So we then went to the midwife, first midwife booking. Mm. And then, yeah. 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 Normal pregnancy. Was there any, um, was there anything different in your pregnancy or in your sort of choices around the birth or anything like that that would have been different if the conception had been different? Do you know what I mean? Were, were you given any like, oh, it needs to be like this or it should be like this? Yeah, or so um, in the first couple of scans that I went to, we were put down the, cons um, oh, what are they called? The consultant-led yeah. Yeah. pathway mm. instead of midwife-led. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think it got to our 20-week scan and the consultant we saw there, she was like, why are you here? Mm. And I'm like, oh, because we're yeah. donor Mm. we were like assisted conception yeah. 
and she was like you absolutely don't need to be no. here like you're you didn't just, have a ha- um, risk there was factor. no yeah there were no high risks at that point yeah. there was she was like i'm taking you off being mm. consultant led because there's no there's reason, no need for there's it no need. yeah you're just an, you are just pregnant now yeah like yeah. there's no extra risks involved yeah. with being yeah yeah so she was like she just couldn't understand why she was seeing us so mm-hmm. for for whatever reason our first booking appointment had led us to mm-hmm. be and she was like no take you yeah. off i mean you yeah. know how that went yeah <laughs> it, it ended yeah. up that we were consultant led anyway yeah. yeah because he was a giant baby but yeah yeah and it's just yeah. that the whole journey for for you both must have just been i mean i think it is for anyone you know that transition of like even just deciding do i want to have children mm is huge it's a huge thing and i think it's sort of you can't really get your head around it It doesn't feel real but it must have been so like the a roller coaster of emotion for you guys must have been really like draining on you and yeah it was tiring it it was specifically when we were like the the couple of months beforehand when Mm. we knew it was happening and we Mm. had to meet this criteria of being the right weight and Mm. like the emotions involved of doing the drugs and thinking, mm. right, this might not work. Yeah. Yeah. It also might, because I think no matter how you go into it, you're yeah. always going to... The the plan is you you want to be pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So I think even going into it with us being like, mm. right, this is a practice run. Yeah, yeah. Had that not gone through, would have obviously been devastated. Yeah. And I think managing your emotions that way must yeah. be so hard for yeah. if it doesn't happen for people. Yeah. And we had talked about this before recording this podcast. You have said, and I've heard this from others as well, that you sort of carry a bit of guilt that you had this successful mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. and others don't. Yeah. And that can make it quite hard to talk about. It can. It can. Especially with, we've said, um, mm-hmm. I've got quite a few friends Mm. who are in straight relationships i've got a couple mm-hmm. of friends who are in same-sex mm. relationships who for whatever reason fertility just doesn't seem to be going their way mm. and i find it really hard especially when one of my best friends we've mm. been we started at the same time trying mm. to have a baby mm. Mm. and she it's just not worked out for them yeah and that really breaks my heart and mm. Got to a point where I, I felt a lot. I, I really did feel, or have still do mm. feel guilty that it mm. worked mm. for us mm. first time and it didn't for her mm. and her partner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it makes you feel really rubbish. Yeah. That the most exciting thing that has happened to you mm. isn't happening for other people. For somebody you love and you care about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I know we talked before we recorded this about is this something that you want to do or not? And it was very much like we think fertility should be talked about more, um, especially when it's not sort of the mainstream route. It needs to be talked about. Those emotions, the impact of it, the things that happen need to be discussed and talked about. But it 
there is that side of, but you don't want to hurt anyone, you don't want to upset anyone, exactly. you don't want to trigger anyone, and, and nobody does. No. And it's really, really difficult, and we have to be so sort of conscious and sensitive about it, but we also want to share the, our journeys and share our stories and mm. share our experiences so it can be positive and meaningful as well. Mm. And we can't carry guilt. You know, and I've said this to you, you can't carry the guilt of the world, you can't carry the guilt of every person who hasn't had a successful journey because that will cripple you, yeah. you know, you can't. And I think it's there's a normal amount of feeling really shit and sorry for a friend who is struggling, of course you do, but you can't carry that guilt no. on you. No. Um, but that's hard, that's hard to get your head around that, mm. I think, really hard. I think because it worked first time for us as mm. well, like, in my head I'm like, well, why can't it work first time for everyone? Yeah, yeah. And I, I I understand that it can't because mm. people have other issues going on and yeah. Yeah. things with their and, bodies. Uh, yeah, and... and sometimes you just don't have answers to why something might mm -hmm. not have worked. And I know something I did myself with my own fertility journey was I tried to find answers. And because I didn't have any actual answers, I created a bit of a narrative in my head that I was eventually, after a while of trying, able to get pregnant, but I kept miscarrying. And I had made this narrative in my head that I was miscarrying because I was a bad person mm -hmm. and like bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. So all the friends that I felt around me that were getting pregnant, I was like, that's because they're good and I'm bad. And that is not at all the case, but I needed an answer. So I looked for it wherever I could. And the only place I could find any answer was this made up narrative that I created, which yeah. was ridiculous. But in the moment, that's how I felt. Um, and I think we do. We do look for reasons when sometimes we just will never know what they are. Absolutely. And I think we look for reasons in everything. Yeah. In yeah. whether that's fertility, yeah. trying to get pregnant, yeah. trying to conceive. Mm. Once you're pregnant, yeah. like I imagine yeah. when you're yeah. having miscarriages, yeah. you were trying to... I think to... birth as well. Your My other birth, thing was, yeah, yeah. When, my, when the birth didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, that was because I'm a bad person. Yeah. Um, and that's just not the case, but it's, I think, just what our brain sometimes tricks us into doing. Mm -hmm. um, something else I wanted to ask you, in your relationship, how did you decide who was carrying baby? Ha! <laughs> was that a conversation that you <laughs> had? <or? laughs> uh, so neither of us really wanted to no. be pregnant. Right. It's not a great time, is it, being pregnant? No, it's not all fun and games. It's not all fun and games. No. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, Emma had, this isn't going to surprise you, I feel like we've not actually spoken about this, okay. have we? I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to say. No, I don't think we've spoken about this, this is, might be a <laughs> So in 2018, it was either 2017 or 2018, Emma had emergency spinal surgery. Oh gosh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say another baby. <laughs> I was like, how have you never mentioned this to No, yeah, so she had emergency spinal surgery. Right. Um, for no good reason wow. other than she bent down to let the dog out of her crate and couldn't move. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that was a whole six months of mm. hell. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much her full-time carer. Wow. Doctors were saying, there's nothing wrong with your back, you've just got a bad back. Um, it, it ended up with us phoning an ambulance 
kind of six months later mm. down the line with Emma not being able to move her legs. Oh my goodness. Um oh. and being rushed to yeah. hospital. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, so yeah, she had a minute spinal surgery and at that point we'd figured out that we wanted to have babies. Mm-hmm. Um so it was just a question that we asked in passing after mm-hmm. she'd had the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, would she be able to carry a child? And they were like, well, if you if there's two of you... If there's another option. If there's another option, <laughs> yeah. then no. no yeah. But if you were the only person yeah. in the relationship yeah. who could carry a baby, then yeah, then yeah. yeah there's no reason why, but mm. it would put pressure and strain mm. on your back. Right, so that, so that decision was sort of made for It was kind you. of made for us, yeah. Mm. So it wasn't mm. really... a conversation that we got to yet yeah other than the i don't want to do it i don't want to do it <laughs> yeah i don't want to do it has is there or has there or has there been the conversation around does that change anything do you feel it does do i feel it changes does she, anything? i don't know like um no no i don't think so i mm. think the bond that Emma and Arthur have is just as strong as what mm. me and Arthur have. Mm. Um, in our relationship, I genuinely don't think it matters. No. I don't know whether that's because I'm so open yeah. as a person to yeah. anything happening. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm a very liberal, open yeah. Yeah. person. Like, I, I fully believe that a baby doesn't have to be biologically yours. Mm-hmm to be to have that bond exactly yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah uh, at one point we were thinking of doing reciprocal IVF right which is where you take the other person's egg yes. and you plant that into you yeah so at one point that was an option we were thinking of mm. doing in a route we mm. were wanting to go down but mm. then when the funding became available on the NHS and we weren't going to have to spend 16 grand to yeah. do that yeah then then that's when yeah. why we decided not to. But again, mm. that was mm. that is an option if if bio if biology is important to yeah, your that's other, an option. other half. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel or have you felt resentment to those that don't have to go such a yes. down such an invasive route? Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um this sound what I'm about to say is gonna sound <laughs> horrible. Okay. Okay. Um, so again, I've known mm. people. I'm yeah. Not gonna, I don't really like people mm. who are acquaintances. Yeah. They're not friends. Yeah. I know of them. Yeah. Mm. Who have had and got pregnant mm. and then have aborted their mm. fetus, which I mean mm. is fine. Mm. And every woman mm. should have the right to do that. Yeah. Everyone should yeah. have the right. If you're not in yeah. the position to have a baby yeah. and that isn't the right choice for you at that time. Yeah. yeah. You should 100% have the choice to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. I know that. Mm. That is fully yeah. what I believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. Yeah. yeah. Because what I'm about to say is going to sound awful, mm. but in my heart I've thought, mm. how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would... Mm. I really want a baby, yeah. and yeah. you're yeah. out there just throwing mm. it away. Yeah, yeah, completely understand that. And of course you're going to feel that resentment, that mm. frustration, that anger. 
like the the fact that and again I know that it can take people years to get mm. pregnant naturally mm. but when you're surrounded by people who are seem to be getting pregnant like yeah. so quickly so yeah. easily mm. and you're there like oh Mm. It's not that easy for me to get no, pregnant. No, yeah, I can't just have a drunken night. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it, it's very different. My when I was struggling to get pregnant before I'd ever got pregnant, you know, when I'd have friends or I'd hear people say like, "I don't know how it happened. I just accidentally fell pregnant." I genuinely, genuinely believe they were all lying, mm. and I thought, "Why are they all lying about it?" Because it's so hard to get pregnant. Which, before my sort of trying to get pregnant journey started, I had no idea. I've been told, if you don't use a condom or take the pill, you are 100% getting pregnant and ruining your lives. Because that's what they're taught at school. When and school. that is not the yeah. case. And then it? when I was like, right, let's try and get pregnant. Stop taking the pill. And then I didn't get pregnant. And then I had to do all this research and blah, 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 blah. And I just hated everybody. Mm-hmm. One who was pregnant, regardless of how long they tried or not or had told me that they'd accidentally got pregnant. I was like, that is not possible. Like, what do you mean? And I really had a lot of like anger, which was not something I ever had experienced before. I was not this like angry, frustrated person, but I was in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then I became a person who accidentally got pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, they're not all liars. Uh This whole conception thing is just a journey that is wild and, and, I had all these emotions originally around those people who like fell pregnant and I'd be like, you don't know how lucky you are. Like not to them, but in my own head, like you're so lucky. You didn't even have to try. You didn't have all the stress. You didn't do, you know, all of these things thinking the grass was greener, you know? And then I was this person who accidentally got pregnant with my second daughter and was like, oh shit. (laughs) The emotions that came with a surprise pregnancy. And I still feel now because that baby wasn't the planned baby and the other one was like, that's a whole thing as well. I can imagine. And it's, yeah. it does just, yeah, it's just such a lot and it can be so overwhelming, whatever your journey looks like. Mm. But I think that resentment or frustration or anger feeling that you have towards anyone else in any other situation, we don't ever talk about because yeah. we don't, you know, we're nice. We're nice people yeah. and we're polite and we're kind and we never want to hurt anyone. And yeah. actually, like, we hold a lot of that in, yeah. you know, like when you hear a pregnancy announcement and you feel just... The, pe- the physical pain that you feel when you hear a pregnancy announcement and then your guilt because you like that person you love them mm-hmm. you want to be happy for them but part of you isn't yeah. the guilt is then awful and then you think i'm a bad person i'm not yeah. kind i'm not and it's just such a lot and i think of course you feel pain mm-hmm. of course you feel hurt you know you can still love that person and yeah. feel happy as well yeah. but, but equally when i when i was then pregnant my mm-hmm. friend who was then couldn't yeah. get pregnant yeah. I, yeah. Even yeah. to a point where at my baby shower, I was like, "Yeah, you don't have to come." She yeah. was like, "Of course I'm coming." I was like, yeah. "No, but I understand yeah. if you don't want to come." Yeah, yeah. Like, Carrying that guilt I know, and burden of because I, yeah. I knew how she felt yeah. because because you have because done of that, that yeah. resentment yeah. towards someone being yeah. pregnant. Yeah, I knew how that felt. Yeah, and I think with parenting, pregnancy, everything we really see or society makes us believe resentment is bad it's negative we shouldn't have it and if you have got it you're wrong and bad of course we feel resentment like of course we do if we desperately want something and someone else has it and we're finding it so difficult of course you're going to feel resentment you can still love that person the same with you know often i speak to people about this when you might be the primary caregiver 
and partner isn't there mm. all the time mm. and you feel resentment mm. because they get to eat their lunch and speak to other adults or your body has changed completely you have been cut and prodded and poked and pumped full of drugs and all of these things and your partner hasn't of course you feel resentment you can still love them and care about them and think they're a wonderful parent mm -hmm. but also feel that element of resentment resentment isn't something to be ashamed of or we need to hide it or pretend no. we don't feel it no. we do and it's okay yeah. of course you do like yeah. and i think for me it was really liberating and really sort of like you know it just felt like this weight lifted off my shoulders when i realized i was allowed to feel resentful yeah. But also happy and positive and love and all of those things yeah. that I was allowed to have both because yeah. I tried so hard to suppress the resentment. Mm. And it was liberating when I was like, hang on a minute, I'm going to give myself permission to feel resentful yeah. if I feel that thing. I think when you're in the cons in the yeah. all consumed world of trying to have yep. a baby, mm -hmm. trying to get pregnant, no matter which way you're trying to do mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. when you at that time, all you are seeing yes. is people getting pregnant. Yeah. People... You can't see anything else, you, can you? You literally don't see anything else. No. Even when you go to a supermarket, pregnant yeah. person, pregnant person, pregnant yeah. person. Yeah. And that's absolutely not the case. No, but it's that's just all you can see. It's just because that is yeah. all your mind is thinking about yeah. is getting pregnant. So all you can see yeah. are those people around you mm. getting pregnant, mm. announcing it on social media. Yeah. And, and it's a really lonely place to be which is strange because so many people have felt like that or are going through that or feel the same or have felt the same. But it feels so lonely when you're in it. Like I am the only person that's have ever felt like this. And I know for me, I didn't share my journey. I didn't tell anyone we were trying when I was losing babies. I didn't tell anyone because of, you know, a lot of the shame and all the things that come with that, the stigma attached to it. So I just did it on my own. Yeah. And actually, when I finally started to share things, you realise how you really aren't alone. No, yeah, you do, you do, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and it did, with my second daughter, with that pregnancy, I did share, like, how I felt and, like, just the fact that we were pregnant a lot sooner than I ever did previously because I sort of felt like, no, I do need to talk about this, I need the support, and, and I knew the people that would have been there because finally they'd opened up to me and yeah at what point did you realize that you were gonna share that you were pregnant like um how far along with with the the first ever ever pregnancy was coming on very quickly so it was one of those tested really early got the positive test and yeah. then i think within maybe four days i'd bled so yeah. that was that one and then the second pregnancy um tested positive uh, went to the doctors we lived abroad so it's slightly different sort of like healthcare system there so went to the doctors and and it was like yeah this is it this time like you're pregnant and I think I was six weeks when I tested so I was a little bit further down the line and we told family mm -hmm. so we hadn't told I told a couple of friends but we hadn't told everybody but I told our families and we were like this is it and I had, I think even with the first miscarriage, it hadn't really sunk in what had happened. No. It almost just felt like, oh, it was a weird period thing. Like, yeah. let's deny anything of that happened. Let's and, suppress that. Yeah, <laughs> let's push that down. And yeah. and yeah, and then, so we told family, and then at eight and a half weeks, it was a missed miscarriage, scan, no heartbeat, and that was the, the loss there. And mm -hmm. then it was the decision, okay, do you want to, so the choices we were given were, you can let this baby pass naturally, we can give you medication and you go home and pass the baby. Or we can give you a DNC operation where we'll put you to sleep and 
and remove the fetus. And we went home, made the decision and decided to go for the DNC operation. So then it was very like cut and dry. This is what's happening. And then we had to make the phone calls to the families that the family members we told to like untell them. And that was like really brutal because their faces looked so sad. On Zoom, we lived abroad, whatever. So we'd see them and they I could see their hearts breaking. And I was so sad for them. And I was sad for me, but I was so sad for them. Yeah. And that, you know, the amount that we take on of like the worry for others that we have, like mm -hmm. that was just almost too much. That's what really did me in more than anything. Yeah. Um, and actually telling my mum and my partner's mum, they both then told us about their losses. And I knew my mum had had a loss, but hadn't really, she told me she lost a baby at 22 weeks and had to birth that baby. And that just broke my heart all over. And, and my partner's mum had had a positive test, waited for a 12 week scan, went for that 12 week scan and there was nothing there. Mm. And she'd lost the baby, but never bled. Mm. And you know, that broke my heart for her. And I know they were telling me to share an experience, but yeah. that was just like, oh my gosh, like, it's just too sad, you know? Um, so then the next pregnancy after that, <laughs> I just knew I was pregnant, but I didn't want to test. I was like, I'm not going to test because the longer I know I'm pregnant, the worse it is like to wait for that 12 week mark. So I'll just not test. Didn't test for ages. Eventually I was like, I think I should test now. The morning I tested positive, the afternoon I bled. And I was so angry at myself for testing because I was like, if I hadn't have tested, I could have just said it was a period. But because I knew that like, really annoyed me at myself so then <laughs> the fourth time I was like this is it this is the deal breaker now like either we're doing this and we're having a baby or if we lose this pregnancy but like I'm waiting for a long time I'm done and then that pregnancy I was pregnant and I was like we don't tell anyone and even when I took the test I remember like we were having a nap and I got up and I took the test and I came in and I said to my husband I'm pregnant and he went oh cool and I went back to sleep. We had another nap. Like, even we were like, don't be getting any hopes of anyone. Like, let's just. And then, yeah, we didn't tell anyone. We moved back to England um, when I was 14 weeks pregnant. So we hadn't told anybody. Um, and I was so poorly. I was so sick. And we moved countries. And we moved our cat. And it was just the wow. most stress. And I worked up until the day we flew. I finished work at three o'clock and we flew at six o'clock that day wow. whilst moving countries and being horrendously sick in pregnancy. It's probably not the best plan, but we did it anyway. And then when we got home, like a couple of days into being back in England, we told our mums. Um, so we were like past the 12 week mark at this point. So we both felt a bit better and then we started to tell a few more friends. So I think I had it in my head that I needed to get to the, well, I needed to get past the eight week mark and then and going for that scan at eight weeks when they found that heartbeat, oh my God, the feeling was just like, I remember my husband going, we've done it, we've done it. And I was like, yeah, but also we haven't yet because it's so far to go, like at eight weeks, like that's with my second daughter. I didn't even know I was pregnant at eight weeks. And my husband's like, we've done it. And I was like, well, okay. And then we did a 10 week scan and then a 12 week scan. And I just knew the statistics around getting to each one of those scans was like yeah. amazing. Like we've got it. But then I had this, 12 week mark like get everyone gets to the 12 weeks and then you can tell so then we started to tell people and then I was like I need to get to 22 weeks because that's when my mum lost the baby like get to 22 so I wouldn't buy anything until after 22 yeah. weeks and then obviously I had that baby and at 42 weeks she was she was that, that one and yeah and then second daughter got pregnant and the day and it was two days before Christmas I was like I've not had a period in a while I'm just going to rule out pregnancy by doing a test because 
I'm not pregnant. Honestly, I don't know how it happened. I did, so I did the test, beaming red light. Like, it screamed pregnant. Screamed pregnant. At us, which I had done so many millions of pregnancy tests in my life. I've never had one that did that. Mine was like, hold it up to the light. Mm-hmm. I think there's a light. Like, you know, that was my experience. So yeah, I was like, wow. Then, um, yeah, we told my mum and my brother and my partner's mum and his brothers that day. Aww. None of them believed us. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe You didn't no, believe you. <laughs> no, I was like, I still thought, well, this isn't going to be a baby because that's not what pregnancy tests do. Like, in my head, like, a pregnancy test and a baby are not linked. So yeah. I still thought, well, we'll probably lose this baby, but at least I've told the fa- friends and family around me because I've also currently got not even a six-month-old, so I'm going to need support. <laughs> um, yeah, so I felt different. And I mean, if I was to ever have children in the future, I think I know me better now and I think I would tell certain people because I would feel I needed that support in whichever way it went because mm-hmm. pregnancy is really hard even if it all goes lovely mm. you are so tired and can be so poorly and it's just a lot so for me I think the stigma of losing a baby is not what it was for me a few years ago no and that took me to get there yeah so yeah but it is just wild, isn't it? Yeah. What it you is. go through. When the the conversation of when do we tell yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're, again, taking on other people's mm. emotions because you don't want to break their hearts no. as much as your own. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think there's so much work that needs to be done still in fertility and mental health around it. Um, mm. But there is support there. And like us at Light, we can support in the conception conception journey as well. And I know Jessup's had support mm-hmm. sort of early on, even when you're just thinking about what are my options. So yeah. there is a the support there and there are other charities as well. So I really would recommend to people like reach out, look at what there is out there, look for peer support, anything that can just give you an outlet to share your own feelings and yeah. also hear maybe journeys of others. But Again, because the counselling didn't work for mm. us and wasn't mm. something for us yeah. at that time. Yeah, it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean yeah. that... The support wasn't there if you need that support. No, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. It's yeah. There and, and I hope this, you know, this podcast, you sharing the, your journey will, will help others and or even just give a bit of an insight to maybe others who haven't even considered this route or don't have any experience of this route. Just that better understanding of it and how it works and how you might feel, you know, just to mm-hmm. lift that stigma a little bit, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. But thank you again for sharing. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to On A Lighter Note podcast, brought to you by Light, a pre and postnatal peer support charity covering Sheffield, Rotherham, Doncaster and the surrounding areas. If you feel you'd like to learn more about Light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description.